I'm so tired. There's not enough hours in the day. Bullshit excuses. I've got too much to do. I have to work late. I have to run the kids around. The bullshit excuses. I have to get up early tomorrow. They end now. This is fitness for nine to fivers. You work day-to-day jobs. In fact, you may even have two, and you've been trying to fit in a healthy lifestyle. We have the solution. This is fitness for nine to fivers. And this is Andrew Marsham. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fitness for 95ers podcast. Cat. <laughs> Classic intro going well. The 95ers podcast with myself, Andrew Marsham. I've said that quite a lot this week. <clears throat> um, today we are going to be getting into the secret to a four-hour workout week. Now, this is going to be probably the first in 10 episodes where... I break down the frameworks that I kind of set up my life around, that I set up my sleep, my training, my nutrition. I only really had a breakthrough or an epiphany with this the last two or three days on how I actually go about articulating and explaining things in an easy-to-understand manner for everyone who's listening. So over the next 10 weeks, if you implement, if you listen to and implement and understand everything that I'm going to lay out, these frameworks that I talk about, you will have the blueprint to how I get results, how I get results with the people who are firstly on this call and we're doing more live Q&A on a Thursday as always. And secondly, how I help myself get results, the, the, how I live my life. So again, this is something I've only really been able to understand in the last couple of days, to how to actually articulate it and put it down on paper. So It'll just be simple step-by-step kind of frameworks on exactly how I go through things. Now, let's say that obviously the first one today is going to be four-hour workout weeks. Now, what is a four-hour workout week? This, this to me is just is kind of as it sounds in the tin. Four hours in the working out a week. Like some people will will train more than that, and that's perfectly fine. I probably train more than that just now, but the point I'm trying to make with this is. You do not need any more than that to progress, especially for someone who has just started out, for example, or who has never made real any real progress or has never been really on a, a properly structured program. So firstly, let me tell you a bit about what I went through initially in my earlier years with training. I used to spend legitimately more than two hours a night in the gym. Every single fucking night, six days a week. Well, that, that's not every single night then, Andrew, is it? <laughs> six days a week, I used to spend more than two hours training in the gym. And my gains were not as good as they are today. The, the, I, do not make, I was not making the progress that I am now. I was burnt out, tired, exhausted, struggling to progress, eating fucking God knows how many calories. To be fair, I do eat a hell of a lot of calories still to this point at the moment. Um, but when you structure things properly, 
Like you can you can get so much work done in short space of time. But again, we'll tie back into. It. I used to spend two to three hours in the gym, and sometimes it was three. Like I'm not joking. And it would be ten to twelve to fourteen, even maybe upwards of fourteen, fifteen exercises per session. You were going in faced with a marathon. I was going in faced with a marathon, and that's fine because I was fuck it, this is what I love, this is what I'm doing, I, I, I'm all, this is what I'm all about, The more no pain, no gain, that is what I was all about. And that's fine. It ticked the box, I enjoyed it. But it was not efficient, it was not effective, and I actually held myself back on the progress that I could have been making. So, and I'll tell you what, I wish I had every single one of those, or the second half of those two of our sessions back now, by God, what I could do with that time. Even if I spent an hour of that time trying to help people, <laughs> I'd be a hell of a lot better off now. But spending two to three hours a night, getting nowhere, burning yourself out, feeling exhausted, feeling run down. I'd done this probably for two years. And it was maybe, I would probably say maybe 2015 to 2017, maybe 16, 18. But it wasn't too long ago. Now, Again, what that just leads to is you getting frustrated. I was training at night sometimes, training after long, hard days, 10, 12-hour shifts, and there was no progress. There was It was very hard to get motivated. It was very hard to, to get motivated for the entire session even because I always showed up. But circling back and looking back and things, I could have made my life so much easier and the progress so much better by following these simple frameworks. I want you to avoid spending two hours a night in the gym. Charlie, who recently joined this program, he was a recent client at the AMF, he's come on, and he, one of his massive fears when he joined the program was that he was going to have to legitimately work out for two and a half hours a day. Like, he didn't have that. Of course he didn't fucking have it. Nobody does. Like, unless, it's, unless that's all you're doing. I mean, I was single, I was 20 four years old, well, I had nothing else to do. Like, how's that? I watch TV at night. Um, but, it, it Charlie, and after a week or so, Charlie's been on a couple of weeks now, and he was blown away at how short, sharp, and effective the workouts were. And this is through continuous trial and error of my own and with clients as well. I made mistakes early on with clients. I don't mind admitting that. Um, but, this, these frameworks that I'm now going to kind of dip into now are, the blueprint for, for how your workout should look. So if you're listening in and wondering how you should structure your workouts or what happens further down the line when you want to maybe create your own programs, because and I say it every fucking single time I go on a call, as much as I love everyone to be in this program for the rest of their life, I don't think that's realistic. <laughs> so I at least want to give you the tools and the strategies to, to go and implement this further down the line for yourself. And at the end of the day, we've done our job if you just leave knowing what to do. So let's look at the four-hour framework. Four sessions. Four sessions per week. Pick four workouts. The days, don't stress it. What days can you make work? See if that's Monday to Thursday, fine. Is that optimal? Probably not. But is it sustainable and can you hit it? Yes, that's the question you need to ask. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. That's probably optimal. Take your weekends off. Brilliant. But if you need to mix up the days or change up the order or whatever to suit your schedule and you can stay consistent with those four days, then do that. That is what you need to do. Like, um, so many people get caught up in, oh, I need to do that these days or I need to do this workout. I need to do this amount of workouts per week. Start with four. Like four 40 to 60 minute workouts. 
a week is fantastic. Like if you if you're going from not doing anything to doing something like that, or you're going from not having any real structure to doing something like that, and it's effective and it's effectively planned, you're going to see some massive changes. So the first one, four sessions. Next, no more than forty to sixty minutes. Like some people, and and I, I probably fall under this bracket. I very rarely go over sixty minutes. If I do, it's because I genuinely want to be there longer than sixty minutes, and I may want to go and do some additional work. Maybe I'm feeling something. Maybe I'm in the mood for doing some extra chin-ups or an extra drop set. Sometimes I will do that, and I, and I see so much value in doing that. If you're motivated like fucking you can go and do that, fantastic. Throw in another set. Throw in another 10, 15 minutes. Brilliant, because you're not going to do it every single day. You're not going to feel that way every single day. Um, but 40 to 60 minutes with an exercise routine that's properly structured is more than enough time. And let me just touch firstly on something that so many people <laughs> will ask me. Andrew, how long do I need to spend in a gym, right? Well, our workouts take roughly 40 to 60 minutes, but should they not be spending two hours? Well, if you're spending two hours in the gym and half of that is pissing about on your phone, at the water machine, staring at some bird's ass, <laughs> then, <laughs> then you're wasting your time. Like, if you get efficient, if you get effective and you streamline what you're doing, you should not be able, you should not need to take longer than 40 to 60 minutes. Like, get effective, get efficient. Um, so the, the time in and of itself is completely irrelevant. It's what you're doing within that time that matters. Again, we go to work, well, most people go to work. <laughs> I was certainly in this bracket nine to five or whatever thing. I went to work to BE Systems for from half seven to 4 p.m. That was my core hours. You were lucky if I worked two of them, legitimately. I did not do any fucking work. There was days I went in and done nothing. I would have been as well staying in the house. It was a complete waste of time, effort, and energy in my life. <laughs> And I'm sure every single person who's been in a corporate job can relate to that in some capacity. Do not be that person in the gym. That is your valuable time. You do not get that back. I understand in a work routine, you've got set hours. Fine, I lived that life myself for the last 11 years, like last 11, 12, 13 years, however long I've been working. But when it comes to your own time and you're in the gym, get efficient, get effective. You do not need to be spending unnecessary time there if you don't want, if you don't need to just for the sake of hitting a, a certain amount of minutes in the, in the clock. It's completely and utterly pointless. Next one, four to six exercises. <laughs> As I said at the start of the call, I used to spend 12, I used to program these plans. I wish I, wish I had them because I used to write them down in my notes. Um, I, I wouldn't have access to them now. I don't know if I've maybe got some old Google Docs or something saved, but I used to write them down in my notes on my iPhone. And I would track the weights I used and things like that and, and my reps and stuff. And <laughs> they were genuinely 14 to 16 exercises. How I had the stomach for that, I have no idea. Um, but that is completely and utterly unnecessary. Four to six exercises, you will very rarely see anything out with that on one of my programs so i design all the programs within the, the the coaching david and jordan also have an input as well we we, we kind of brainstorm and everything very rarely 
are we ever going out out with a realms of four to six? We may on the odd occasion if it's like an upper body where maybe trying to get a lot of things in and we throw a super set in there. But outside of that, it's very rare that you you would you would do more than four to six exercises. And four to six of the correct exercises is going to move you in the right direction. So how do you then split that up and structure those two to three compounds, two to three isolations? Two to three larger movements, two to three smaller movements. Start with the compounds at the start of the exercises, at the start of the workout, when you're fresher, when you're more stable. Putting putting leg extensions and maybe calf raises and things like that at the start of the workout and then putting squats at the back end of the workout can be a poor decision. Now, depends. I'm going to say that it depends because if you want to build up your calves or you really want to focus on a certain aspect, then this may change. But for the vast majority of the time, Putting the compounds at the start of the exit at the workout is going to be more effective because you're more stable, you have more control, you're fresher, you're stronger. You have more output to put into those um, exercises. So key point there. Multiple body parts. So for anyone who is listening, if you are doing a chest, arms, back, shoulders, and leg day, stop. <laughs> Simple. Um, there is a far more efficient, effective way to train, to build muscle, to get results in the gym than by doing a single body part split. It is not the way forward. The reality is that when you stimulate muscle growth, when you go in hit a workout or you know you're going to hit your chest or whatever, generally takes around up to seventy-two hours to recover maximum. So this then means that protein synthesis, which is the actual building of the tissue, is elevated for 72 hours. That means that you can then start that breaking down and repair process again 72 hours later. So if you're leaving at 168, there's 90 odd hours of the week where you're really not making any progress with that body part. So really focusing on Splitting up your body parts, splitting up your body parts evenly throughout the week is a massive focus of what we do here and is programmed into everything that we do. Again, absolutely key that you keep an eye on this and, and it's a far better way to, to actually structure things. Next one, leave one rep in the tank. You do not need to push to failure every single session. You, you probably shouldn't push to failure every single session. I certainly don't. I will push to failure on a very rare occasion where there may be an intensity week or maybe every six to eight weeks I will plan in something where I'm doing some drop sets or I'm doing some rest pause or I'm pushing to failure. Especially if you don't have a spotter, the idea that you need to go to failure to progress is fucking ludicrous. Like some people will say, oh, Andrew, I really wish I could progress, but I, I go to the gym myself, so I... I I can't really make, I can't really do much. Bullshit. I've been going to the gym myself for four years. <laughs> I used to train with, with a couple of my pals. I don't any longer. We just get different schedules and things like that now. But if you're, if you're always adding load, reps, sets, etc., and always leaving one in the tank, but you're improving each week, you're still improving. Like, that's the goal. The goal is progress, improvement, moving forward. That is the goal. So leave one rep in the tank. You do not need to go to failure every single session, and I genuinely wouldn't recommend it. Maybe on those isolations where it's like biceps or triceps or maybe your front delts, side delts, that kind of thing, you can push that a little bit harder. But pushing to failure to where you're about to fall off a squat or drop the bar every time you go into the gym, it's completely unnecessary. 
completely and totally unnecessary. And I wouldn't, I genuinely wouldn't even recommend it. Um, there is times, as I said, maybe every six to eight weeks where you will do that extra push. But outside of that, nah, not not required. And, and the final one, the final kind of point here, or second last, sorry. Obviously, resistance training, like you have to be using load. You have to be using resistance. Now, this resistance can come in the form of bands. It can come in the form of adjustable dumbbells at home. It can come in the form of body weights. We've, we've seen that more than ever this year. And that is 100% a legitimate way to progress. Is it as good, as it's enjoyable as the gym? Not in my watch. Like, it's as simple as that. But if you want to progress, if you want a goal bad enough, then go after it and find it the way to, to apply resistance. But you doing cardio or jogging or <laughs> playing a sport while all these things are really really good for activity levels helping to burn the body fat burning calories they're not going to really progress your physique in terms of going for that maybe tone look that we all kind of aspire to or that athletic muscular leaner look that's where resistance training is really going to come in handy and it's also the key to staying younger anyone who's listening um, muscle tissue is the absolute key to, to you living a youthful life um, believe it or not and the final one that, that most people do not think about as, or most people certainly don't do is no tracking. No tracking, no consistency. There is no recording of progress. How many reps did you do in chest press this last week? I, I think it was about, put it down the third peg and <laughs> it was like, I think I think about 12. We'll see what happens this week. I used to do that every single week. There was no structure. There was no plan there was no measuring of progress there was simply just go in piss about for two hours and see what happens <laughs> like again i've done it um and it's the quickest way to waste a hell of a lot of your time um if you're not actively progressing or following a structured programmed plan over a period of 12 16 18 24 52 weeks you're going to struggle and these things take time, and that's just the, the way it is. Um, any, anyone who tells you any different is fucking lying. Um, so get structured, track your progress, and record it and measure over time. Stay consistent with what you're doing. I, I'll throw one final thing in, but changing a program up every single week is one of the most ludicrous things you can ever do. Follow a basic structure for 12 to 16 weeks. So let's, do, let's recap. Four sessions, four to six exercises, no more than 40 to 60 minutes, two to three compounds and two to three isolations, depending on how many exercises you've got, multiple body parts a session, leave one rep in the tank, resistance train, track, record, and measure. You, you follow those frameworks for the rest of your life, and you will see progress for the rest of your life. I absolutely, utterly, 100% guarantee it, without a shadow of a doubt. With that in a nutshell, is the four-hour workout week framework. Um, so, if anyone's got any questions on any of that, feel free to file them in the chat box for those who are on the call. For those who are maybe listening to the podcast and wondering what the hell's the call, um, we do it every single week on a, a Thursday evening. It is in the, the the private Facebook group, the Fitness for 95ers Facebook group. It will be linked in the description. You can also search for it on Facebook, Fitness for 95ers. You're more than welcome to join. It is open to anyone on a Thursday evening. Questions, questions, questions. Let's see. Um, so Pavel's asked uh, a question around workouts. I will leave Jordan to get into that. It's going to be a bit more detailed. He can explain that. But we kind of touched on it there. Why there's sometimes three sets, sometimes four sets. Why there is eight, 12, 15 reps. 
just wanted to understand it more. So when it comes to programming and workouts, you will have different benefits from every or each. Uh, you will have different benefits from each rep range. So you will often hear you do low reps, high weight for build muscle and high reps, low weight for losing. That is fucking nonsense. Like, it's completely and utterly untrue. Like, I don't know where it comes from, but you have benefits to be gained in every single rep range. So a good program will cover them all. Now, a good program may not cover them all in a period of eight weeks or 12 weeks or 16 weeks. A good program will make, will cover them all maybe across a period of 12 months. So you may have a, an eight-week period where you're doing more six to eight work, eight to 10. Then maybe the following period would be 12 to 15, 15 to 20. And then you're cycling back and suckling through a different rep range. So cycling through different rep ranges over a period of time is a very efficient, effective way to get results with your training. Why sometimes three sets and sometimes four? It depends on the muscle group. It depends on the exercise. Sometimes we just want to place more emphasis on a certain exercise and make that the focal point of the training session. Hence, you may see four sets sometimes, as opposed to maybe three and others. So there's a systemized approach to thinking about programming. It's generally 10 to 20 sets per week, somewhere in that range. The, the programs that we set up are generally quite balanced across that. They will be structured in a reasonably effective way. What I do is and what I've done when I initially set up everyone's program. So I will set up programs that complement each other. So I will set up whatever routine, say it's the three or four or five day routine. I will plan out essentially six to 12 months, generally 12 months in advance. And I know that I'm hitting all the rep ranges, all the sets, I'm hitting the correct volume. Maybe phase one, I'm working slightly more in back. Maybe phase two, I'm working slightly more in chest. Maybe phase three, I'm working slightly more in legs. You, so that's where you may see the, the slight variances in sets and variety in the rep ranges, things like that. A, a good program encompasses them all. So that's where the thought process and the thinking comes from there. Um, how long should rest between sets be? Sometimes 90 seconds seems too long. Could it be shortened? Is it important to stick to it? Honestly, not really. Um, if you feel good to go, this is from Pavel, if you feel good to go and you're ready and you're refreshed and you're, and you're feeling ready for the set, by all means, charge on. Again, I understand that people are having their workouts shortened because of like booking restrictions and things like that at the moment. Some people can only get 40-minute sessions. So if you have to cut down the rest periods to get the volume in, fine. You may sacrifice some some gains there, some 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 pro potential progress in the weights you could be using, the amount of sets or reps you could be doing, but it's better to get the overall volume in. And it has been proven that set resting over two to three minutes is better for muscle growth, but I don't three minutes to, re to rest in between bicep curls. <laughs> like I do not, as I said, have two hours to spend in a gym. <laughs> um, so again, how that's always a consideration. Um, lower back pain is not easing even with cow treatment. Should I take some time out? I can just continue with lower reps and reduce weight. Stuart Coleman. At the end of the day, um if training is causing some real pain or, or it's causing a real discomfort, step back. Lot that this is always a long-term process, and I will always dial that back in. We can pause your program for a few weeks. We can 
put things on hold for a few weeks and focus on nutrition, focus on mobility, focus on your activity levels. We, do, we can do things like that. You cannot undo a fucking serious injury. Once you make a mistake or when you push the boundary to the point where you're going to snap something or hurt something, that's it. You're done. You could be out for a month. You could be out for a year. <laughs> so if you're starting to feel a niggle, if you're starting to feel some pain, let's just dial it back. It may be that we switch things up. And I would always like to lead with the approach of taking it from a different angle. So in Stuart's case here, I would say to him, right, Stuart, no problem. That's fine. Let's pull out the training for a week and see what happens. Keep your steps up. Stay active. Let's focus on some mobility work this week and make sure you're hitting your nutrition. That should be paramount. So especially when you're not training. It can be very easy to let them slide with nutrition slide when you're not training. So really focusing in on making sure you're staying accountable to that should be absolutely key. But taking a week or two out to do something like that it's not going to harm you in 10 years' time. <laughs> but if you pushed an injury to the point where it caused some problems, it could genuinely still be there in 10 years' time. I've got a back issue I've been dealing with for eight years or something now. So, um, again, that's a, that's a, a definitely a, an area of focus. If somebody's for work up to something I enjoy a few more benefit, would it be worth to speak to you regarding this? Or are you happy for me to crack on as long as it's targeted in the same area? E.g. I'm not a fan of barbell shops, so change the dumbbell row. That is from John. 100% mate, let's just have a conversation in that. I encourage everyone who is on the programme to not do anything they don't enjoy. Or let's structure workouts in a way that you're including exercises that you love. This should be an enjoyable enjoyable process above all. Yes, we can optimize things by doing certain exercises for this and certain exercises for that, and that's absolutely fantastic. But at the end of the day, if you get more enjoyment out of a process by doing certain exercises or doing a certain structured amount of workouts, then by all means, charge on. And I would even, even tie that back into my point earlier about doing chest, arms, biceps, legs, and shoulders, like... See if you want to do a single body part every single day and you absolutely love that style of training and that you can stay consistent with it. Fine, do it. Is it optimal? No, it's not. We blatantly know that. But you doing that five times per week consistently over a period of years is a hell of a lot better than you not doing anything for two weeks and then giving something a go for a month and then hitting something out. So that would be an extreme example. But John, 100% like... Let's get the exercises that you love into the program and make sure that's where the work, work kind of main focus is. Um, Louise, no questions. Simon, no questions. James, no questions. Craig, no questions. Anyone, somebody, somebody in the call, hit me with a question. Josh, you're up. <laughs> hit me with a question. <laughs> you've, been selected, you've been selected at random, mate. <laughs> Embrace, 
I, I would say, I would say, embrace the fact that it's Christmas. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's it's the it's this time of year, once a year. Like it's very, it's. I wouldn't stress too much about it. Like going have a couple of days in a row where you're going off plan, fine. Like Boxing Day, Christmas Day, that's bound to happen. Would you rather maybe fast in the morning? I, I would probably do that. I, I will likely do it. It's something I generally do. Um, if you don't want to, fucking charge on. Like, just get back to it when you can. That's that. Just that's what I would say. Like, just make sure. It's so much. The, the the biggest problem is people will tend to think that December happens in a vacuum. <laughs> and, I said, and I said this. I think I said this in the the, the Christmas kind of podcast last week or the episode last week. But whatever happens in December. The, the period between Christmas and New Year, going to pay for in January. <laughs> like, and see, do you know what? See if you embrace the fact that you want to just go and enjoy yourself for a week and chill out. Absolutely fantastic. You just want to take over with your training, stay in the game. You're not too fussed about making progress. Brilliant. Fantastic. We 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 kick on in January. And I'll tie it back to the story that when I went to, to Asia back in, in March 2019, we were away for a month. I did not train once. <laughs> I did not look at the inside of a gym. I did not think about the inside of a gym. I ran my business. <laughs> I still checked in clients. Um, I was out every single day, drank every single day, didn't really care much for what I was eating. Do you know what? Fine. I can deal with the consequences. Did I gain body fat? Yes, I did. <laughs> did I lose a bit of strength? 100%. Did I maybe lose a bit of muscle? Probably not much, to be honest, but maybe a little. What did I do? Straight back to it the day the plane landed. I got off the plane from the 24-bloody-hour trip home from Vietnam, however <laughs> long it was, and went to the gym. Now, I'm not saying you need to go to the gym on Christmas Day, like I did last year, and I will probably do this year. <laughs> but if you want to embrace the fact that you're having a couple of nights off over Christmas, by all means, charge on. Like... Just get back into the gym maybe for a few days between Christmas and New Year. Try and tidy things up, but do not overstress it. Do not overthink it. If you plateau or maybe even gain a kilo, it's going to come off quite quickly on the other end, the other side of things, as long as we get the ball rolling in January. And anyone who is on this program will be um, <laughs> probably get forcibly put thrown back into things in January. Um, so whether you like it or not so I wouldn't worry too much about it Josh if you're in a couple of days off in a row fine mate like it's this time of year that's what happens go and enjoy yourself with your family with your friends it's been a tough year um, so I wouldn't stress too much about having a couple of nights off mate no problem no problem anyone get any other questions if not we are all going to be finished um, Paul Dean David John nothing all good all happy, hopefully. <laughs> well, I think we'll call it to that team. Um, that sounds good to me. But as I said, we are going to be covering more in depth the kind of frameworks that um, I kind of run through. So I've, I've kind of labelled them all, I've gave them names. <laughs> as sad as I am, um, I've got we've got the GSD to our morning, which we have kind of touched on before. The sixty-minute nighttime de-stress, the four steps to creating your perfect diet, the four key metrics to gauge progress, the four-step framework to guarantee weight loss, four-step framework to gain strength and build muscle. The four golden actions to get productive and focused, the four daily habits to increase energy, 
and the four-step formula for setting goals. Oh, and one more, the four methods to shift to a positive mindset. Those are kind of the frameworks and the things that I use, maybe unknowingly, to set people's programs up. That's how I structure things, and that's kind of what I want to get into today and give you the rationale and explanation behind. Um, and we'll be doing that over the next few weeks next couple of months even. <laughs> but hopefully you all enjoyed that. For anyone who's still listening, um, fair play to you. <laughs> if you want to grab a completely free two-week trial, we are running that at the moment for our coaching. So if you fancy coming and seeing what we're all about, by all means, go to the link in the description. It will be the top link there. Um, and hope to see you on the inside. If not, um, leave a review for the podcast. It really helps me out. Maybe tag on, share with your friends. I would massively appreciate it. But Paul, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm getting the camera on there. Hopefully everyone enjoyed tonight's call. Um, and we will see you all next Wednesday, hopefully for the beer to end the year. Uh, <laughs> hopefully everyone's bringing a drink to the final AMF call of the year. Well, the second, but it's the second last one. There's a Q&A, but it's the final client one, <laughs> which is the important one for them to listen who's not a client. <laughs> but um, thank you all for your support this year. Um, and we will see you all hopefully on Wednesday next week. So looking forward to that one. But thank you all for your time this evening, boys. And you enjoy the rest of your evening. You've been listening to Fitness for 9 to Fivers with Andrew Marsham. You're a grown-ass human being. You have a job, maybe two, kids, errands, bills, a wife, friends. And while the excuse list gets bigger, so does your waist. That's where Andrew comes in. Until next time, find Andrew on Facebook at andrew.marsham.737 and on Instagram at andrewmarsham underscore fitness. To reach out to Andrew, send an email at amfit1993 at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.